Hello, welcome to Creating Space. Uh, I am Nixon. And I am Charlie. And together we are your hosts for the next few minutes, few moments. And we look forward to um, really diving into our own, own insights. So Charlie, what are we doing here? We are here just sharing everything that we've learned, everything that we're going to continue learning and just giving insight and knowledge to absolutely everything that we can share light on. 100% and we, um, we are humans and we relish the human experience and we're avid students of life and as we learn, we share. And this is what it's all about. It's all about creating space in our minds and in turn creating space in yours to fulfill your own empowerment. So yeah, we, we really look forward to to hearing what you have to say so please reach out to us on socials as well as share like and subscribe Um, but until then enjoy welcome back to creating space you're here with nixon and you're here with charlie and we have craig ball here this is the second take. I'm going to just put it out loud. You know, we're going to have some... He confused us. <laughs> I, I, it was his stitch up. <laughs> no, it was my stitch up. But we're here with Craig Ball, uh, our new friend. Um, and that you are a partner of wife, Teresa. Yes. And we know her through... I call it, that's how I refer to her. Yeah? Wife Teresa. So yeah, wife her. Teresa, <laughs> yeah. And she is mother Teresa to the fridge kids. Yes, yes. Yeah, so we um, crossed paths, or well, Charlie, you've crossed paths with her at, at the studio? Yeah, and uh, we had a Friday afternoon session doing yin, and we just got into a crazy conversation, and then yeah. she... Um, she was like listening to everything that I was saying. And she's like, you know who you need to talk to? Yep. You need to talk to my husband. He's all for this. I'm like, no way. I'm like, 100%. Give me, um, send, him, send me the number. Yep. And let's, uh, let's connect. And here we are. Here we are now. Here we are. So also father of three. Father yeah. of three. Yeah. Capped at three. <laughs> Thank you for saying to me, Australia. <laughs> um, and you are a change management consultant as well as a men's mental health speaker and mentor. Yeah, and believe it or not, as we'll get into it, the two are very closely related. Yeah? Yeah. I look forward to it. Um, former soldier of the Australian Army uh, for seven and a half years. That's a, long, that's a long stint. It is a long stint, man. It was longer if you incorporate reserve time, but yeah. I, I tend not to. Yeah, yeah, we had that discussion. Not to, not to dis- disrespect my yeah, yeah, but reserve you brethren. <laughs> you don't want to mislead anyone either. No, no. Um, degree in psychology. Yeah. 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 2017, I got out of that. And that was, I started that in the very early 2000s. I don't know how they let me qualify. Because, <laughs> because by my understanding, it's got to be like 10 years. You've oh, got, really? Yeah, that's kind of one of the rules of some universities. But good old Charles Sturt. Yep. Hey, they don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, Counselling qualifications as well as um, mental uh, health first aider. Yeah. 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 I figured I needed to get that one. It was on offer and my clients I was working with and I thought hey it's all about experience we had right? nobody in the whole program team yes yeah. for those that may never have heard of the change manager or change management consultant going, what the hell's that yeah um you work I often work on project teams and so we were a pretty large project team where I was working and yeah. we had no mental health first aiders and it was a company policy for that client to have as many as possible or at least a couple for every work team or work uh, group and so I went and went off and got that and I was I've been on these courses forever and you know vibe really well with the instructor and they're like oh why don't you teach this and so 
Yeah. No plans at this point to teach it, but it's a very valuable course and anybody who's has the opportunity to do it, yep. I strongly advise them okay. to, to, to do it. Yeah. Mental health's too important and it's really a lot of it was centered around suicide mm. and how to ask the difficult questions and how to do all that stuff, but two days and, and yeah, worth every minute. Yeah, amazing. Awesome. And um published author Self, yeah. self-published self-published author. author of um, all these years, <laughs> reclaim your power. Um, Charlie and I have delved into a little bit of that, and we see we've we've actually got some great value from it. So we appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I'm really I'm really humbled to hear that. Yeah. It's, um, essentially, my life's work. Yeah. Um, and it's just so great to have it out there now. So um, it's it's like a gift to everybody yeah. in lots of ways. It is a hell of an achievement like to me like a book is a pinnacle of like expressing your life experience so i think that's kind of cool um this is a great life resume my friend (laughs) (laughs) this is a good list this is a great list and one of the cool things about you and as a personal thing is like you're always a forever student it doesn't seem like you're never going to stop learning and i was like i condemn you for that because i enjoy that as well (laughs) because we're out here we're forever we're big dorks we're forever learning as well so we're condemned ourselves yeah (laughs) it's it's a tough one and sometimes you wind up in a hole or multiple holes but you pull yourself out and keep trying to learn more yeah you have to i think that's the it's a forever evolution of life is forever learning but it's kind of cool so, Craig, the way we do things out here is we always ask you how you are and how you are right now. We got to meet you on the weekend with your kids. Yeah, pleasure. That was an Thank experience you. and a big shout out to everyone else who came out as well. That was actually kind of cool Yeah, for the, first, for the first gathering and it, all the boys were kind of keen to get amongst it and it was yeah. heaps good. Like the kids were running around. You had your free running around. Yeah, you're, um, you're, me and your old eldest boy, we broed out. Nice. Yeah, on the on the walk to the playground. He's like that. Yeah, that milkshake <laughs> kicked in. Remember when he was he gunned it? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, gunned was like, it down the hill. And we were all like, keep eyes, keep eyes. He's very much a bro. <laughs> He's a bro, eh? <laughs> He's a full bro. He is. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, it was a great gathering and anyone listening who um, is thinking of reaching out, uh, especially in this neighbourhood, who'd like to get involved, I think it's a really, really strong move to go along to something like that and, and meet the guys and... and mm. Add what you can. It was really good. I was appreciate a bit, it. As much as I loved having the kids there, I would have liked to have engaged in a few more conversations. Yeah. But yeah, that's just how look, it is, man. It, that's and it, it is, was the so. first time, and it was also like I wanted to be able to provide an opportunity for for fathers to show up and take the reins and take the kids away and let the. Well, it's a great help for the wife, and I liked it so much. I after you guys all left, I hung for another half hour and let the kids wear themselves completely out. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to ask you, did they crash out for the rest of the day? Because they looked like they were putting out so much energy. Oh, dude, um, Isla, my middle child, pretty much couldn't walk back to the car. She was <laughs> stuffed. Um, so you had the pram. Yeah, but they, they had a little they bro. Back, they back up. They back up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they can second win, they third, can knock fourth. It out, man. I don't know how they do it. Uh, keeping you fit, I'll tell you that. Yeah, they keep me on my toes. I didn't become a father till I was 42, so it's it's a much more comfortable space than had I been in my 20s, I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um fatherhood. Let's uh before we dive into everything. Fatherhood. How's that um how's that shaped your journey? As far as like to where you are, as far as like I see you as a leader, it's inspired. Yeah, inspired it. I'd have to say. Yeah. Um, it's it's just this incredible space. I can't speak for it any higher. Mm. I always used to think that 
parenting. At some point in my twenties, my late twenties, I came up with uh, I came across the idea that parenting was parenthood was a calling, yeah. not a job, and yeah. I've sort of stuck to that ever since. And it's um it's every bit of that. Mm. Um, it's a learning curve. It's all these things, but it it gives as much as it takes for me at least. Um, and I just when I'm wrecked or whatever, sometimes it's just nice to have a cuddle. And I can. Get back up on my feet and take on the world again. <laughs> yeah, well, as Charlie mentions, we're all big babies. We're all big babies. <laughs> we sometimes we just want to cuddle. And, uh, <laughs> That's exactly right. And a kid cuddle hits different, eh? It's it, like, does, it does. It, it's it hits beautiful. different. It's so heartwarming. It's almost like, I don't know, it just brings you back to earth. I love it. <laughs> Certainly does. Um, but to answer to your question earlier, right now, how am I doing? I'm probably, I'm on a bit of a high right now. I'd have to oh, say. yeah? Yeah. Well, the book coming together... Um, a few other things come together around about the same time. Uh, I've had a long claim, as I was explaining to you guys earlier, mm. with DVA, Department of Veterans Affairs, and I just got uh, most of that, uh, an indication of the financial and benefit, as well as the medical and all the other benefits that yep. that will entail. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty Things pumped. are good. Pretty pumped. Are good. Let's just say I'm pretty pumped. <laughs> yeah. That's what we want to hear. Yeah, yeah that's so good, it's, man. It's and um, I look forward to seeing how that, you know, you, you serve that energy to you know help others and help your family. Well, what it's going to be able to do is enable us to, to do one of the big things that we wanted to do. So we're going to, we're going to move. Um, and the area we're moving to uh, up in the Central Coast, there's a whole lot of veterans up there. So I'll be yeah. looking to start a regular catch-up with veterans I've got a bunch of mates up there or people I serve with as well and I'm um, just starting to get together for coffee every whether it's once a week, once a couple every couple of weeks and just That's sort of so try good. to build a bit. Yeah, I've also um another client up there wanted me to do a, a workshop. So hopefully if we can get that workshop up in um uh, this year sometime, um, we'll be able to help spread more of that message and of helping and seeing if we can empower more people. Yeah, man, and I can see you creating your own space there, so yeah, it feels like it. It feels mm. like it's a it'll be a good home base and we can do yeah. a lot up there. That's cool. So talk about your book, Reclaim Your Power. Looking at the title, uh and the cover there. Is that is that your dog? Yes it is. Well it was my dog. Yeah. We're about to get a new dog. But that dog, uh his name was Rocky. Yeah. And he was the best psychologist I ever met. <laughs> No, seriously, I was, we got him when I was getting out of the military and um, I had, a, oh, I don't know, maybe about a month or two to go and the, the feeling of the reduction of stress that I had as yeah. I walked the dog to the car was just yeah. unbelievable um, and has gone on to be incredible. But unfortunately, um, he nipped my boy across the eye, yeah. Harvey across the eye, um, over a year, uh, nearly two years ago now and we had to put him down. It was a pretty hard decision but... Yeah. Um, it was harder for everyone else to make than for me to make. Uh, yeah. We had the benefit of a behavioural vet um, at our local vet up the road here and um, they said, look, you can't afford to get this wrong. So mm. you know, we tried to get him rehomed. He was older. He'd had some pretty significant injuries. So yeah. And they said the likelihood of him being used to bait other dogs might be quite high. Yeah. So we just had to have him put down. Um, yeah, it really affected the kids a lot. Uh, yeah. But we're, this Saturday we're getting a new dog. Yeah, cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. Any particular breed you're looking oh, at? Oh yeah, dude. Gee. There's oh. a <laughs> Actually, you've got so many in, so many points of input. So many people. I have. Um, so we've gone with a cavoodle, yep. no, a labradoodle, a poodle mixed with a labrador. Yep. I wanted a cavoodle, 
golden yeah. retriever. Is it a good? I don't know. A griddle, griddle, griddle. Yeah, griddle. they're right. Thank those God dogs. for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wanted because they're a bit bigger, but the poodle bit means it doesn't molt. And yeah. I yes. like the, the labradoodle will be fine too. I like the fact that it has hair like Lionel Richie. So, yeah. <laughs> so when I made that joke, because the missus wanted to call him Rambo, and I was like, oh. But um, little Lionel sounds all right. No, well, we're going to call him Richie. So yeah, she uh, said, yeah. "Oh, Richie, it's a cool name." So that's where it comes from. It's yeah, cool. I like it. Yeah, yeah. We could talk about this cover some more because it is a majestic, well, looking cover. I'm really <laughs> you are the definition of reflection. You are doing it right there. My friend. <laughs> <laughs> you are brooding. You are, you are in a man gaze, looking in the sun. Well, the strength of that photo came from a photo shoot that we got when we got our wedding photography done a number of years ago. And we went with a photographer that my wife had been following on Facebook for a long time, who's an uh, an absolute artist, and um, he was an ex copper. Yep, had got out with PTSD and all the usual things, not unlike the military. And we just started vibing. It got along like a house on fire. And I believe that the relationship that Andrew and I, you know, the mateship that we developed that day, speaks to the strength of that photo. I think that inspired in some, you know, you know, there's all these things with creative stuff you can't control. I think yeah. that had a big influence on the quality of that. And it wasn't until I got um, ripped off by, because when you're designing yourself, if anybody ever, listening to this, ever wants to, to self-publish, I'll get in touch with me, doesn't matter where I am, anyway through this, and um, I'll put you on to the person. They're not yeah. cheap, but you won't be ripped off. Yeah. Because um, I got ripped off by designers who claim they could do book design and they can't. It's mm. a very specific niche that I learned. Um, and she was saying, look, you know, I showed her, I said some templates for some, one of the other many, many courses that I've done in my life. Mm -hmm. It's a mentoring program, which is phenomenal, but the book, the book templates are quite old. And I showed this original template that I came up with and she goes, it's not going to work and giving me all these qualities of what a, a good image for the front cover should look like. And then I said, oh, and I just couldn't pick up. Like I was just thinking, oh, where am I going to go get those sorts of photos? And then I said, hey, I've got this one photo in my photo album. Let me just flick that to you. And she lost a marble. She goes, this does everything I was telling you it would do yeah, and more. Cool. So um, that was really exciting to get that. And um, the interior is book des – cover design is a cheap part. Yeah, it's the interior design. Every single page is typeset and designed specifically. Really, yeah. dude, it's a. I think 150 pages. Now, don't. This isn't a quote. You might have to pay more if you go to my my designer. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or maybe less. I don't know. <laughs> but um, it was nearly 1,200 bucks. Yeah, to design the book. Yeah. Um, and I look, as far as I'm concerned, that's worth every cent. Yeah, hundred cent. Just, I'm just so happy with the way that it all came out in the end. So it was worth yeah, it. That's no, good. It's good. I like it lot um so diving into the contents of your book and in the introduction it mentions something and i love the whole different perspectives that you have on certain things and there's one in particular and it is why is self-esteem such a problem i'm glad you asked <laughs> just have some water <laughs> <laughs> um self-esteem is a problem for many reasons um it's it will cause you more problems than Good. The answer to self-esteem is not high self-esteem yep. or healthy self-esteem. Yeah. Self-esteem is a conditioned form of self-acceptance that requires you to overgeneralize between yourself, your achievements, your successes and your failures. Yeah. Now, what that then gets you to do is to think that you are your successes or failures, mm. which is completely untrue. Yeah. You know, it's it's complete horseshit. Yeah. Um on a grand scale, but it's been fed to people. It really came into 
common parlance um, from about the 60s with the rise of consumerism and things like that, people focusing a lot more on themselves when there weren't, the world wasn't at war, we didn't have major hardships in any way like the generations before. And um, it's led people to just focus on themselves. The fact that you can have one thing going wrong in your life and give yourself an entire, what they like to refer to as a global rating of your entire self is not only inaccurate, but it's it can be completely devastating. Yeah. Um, so the alternative to that is to accept yourself unconditionally and accept yourself because you can breathe. And you get people, because self-esteem, ego and self-worth are very closely related, um, you get you know these egomaniacs who think they've got to be the best or whatever, and they, they can't even deal with the fact. There's like, how can I have the bar so low? And it's like, well, you don't understand what's at stake here. Yeah. <laughs> um, whenever I work with salespeople, uh, I often get someone to come up and says, this this being okay business can't work for me because I've got to be number one. So one woman came up to me one day and I said, "You can your results can be number one. You yep. can have the number one results, but you are still you, irrespective. Mm. And you are not your results, despite what you may claim that you are. Yep. So you're saying with the um, self-esteem being a problem is because we allow the environment to set our standards. That we, we forget, can. and then we forget our own standards. Meaning that we have to believe we end up believing that we have to be number one with all these achievements to have high self esteem. Yeah, that's how self esteem pretty much works. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's basically around that, and so um, the environment can set it. Uh, yeah. It's you can set it. Uh, some of the things about it, people can say, "Look, it's okay to be number one and be flexible about that," but where you absolutely totally every fiber in your being has to be number one that's when it really starts to become a problem because it becomes an absolute then and anything less than that's a failure yeah and so especially if you're overgeneralizing between yourself and that result thinking that i am number one Mm. um well there's always someone better yeah (laughs) it's like fighting there's always someone bigger (laughs) and then and and enter the i feel like where competition is creativity fails so if you're focused on so much on, say, being number one as opposed to in comparison to someone else, where is your focus of energy? It's, okay, just want to address what you said initially about uh, competitiveness. Yeah. Uh, it's how you approach the competitiveness yep. that ties you up in knots because I'm competitive. I had, yep. back in, in my Army Reserve days, and I very rarely talk about them, but yeah. I went for an interview for a different job in the Army Reserve. Um, it was, I think, Psych Examiner, which is kind of like a, an admin person in the psychology corps. Um, and they said to me in the exit interview after the psych test, because army psych tests everything, um, do you think yourself, do you consider yourself competitive? And the, the woman interviewing me knew a friend of mine. I said, oh, you know, this friend of mine and I, we compete against each other for things a little bit. She goes, you don't need to bullshit me. You're off the scale. And there was a thing. <laughs> okay. But she said you balance it with humility. Mm. So your approach is everything. Mm. Um especially if you can actually follow your own approach. If you tell yourself you're going to be humble and you're still pumping yourself up and telling yourself you're amazing, well, yeah, you know. Um, so there's a, you've got to be introspective and you've got to really think about it a little bit. But yeah. um, I interviewed a guy called um, Daniel Fryer. In my Facebook group, I, in lieu of having a podcast, which may or may not one day come to fruition. <laughs> Let uh, us know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, I interviewed people who are either in the group or involved in something that would be of benefit. So I interviewed a guy called Daniel Fryer because he's got an amazing book called The Four Thoughts That Fuck You Up. And 
when we got to the, I asked him, you know, got to the section talking about unconditional self-acceptance. So the base philosophy around all this is rational, as we've discussed, is rational emotive behaviour therapy. And he's written one of the best books on it because it's just really easy to um, digest. Typically they're written by psychologists who are incredibly intelligent, but hey, they uh, fill the book with stuff that's really hard to understand sometimes. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, and when we got to that section to talk about that, he said, look, this is the most liberating concept I've ever come across being able to let go, forgive yourself. And that also drives a lot of the considerations that I add. Mm. What's going to allow you to accept yourself unconditionally, to accept yourself because you can breathe, realise that you're a fallible, worthwhile human being. Now that sort of helps to combat the thing of self-worth of, oh, I feel worthless. Well, no, you don't feel worthless. You just feel unhappy. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it's enough. Yeah, and then you start getting away from all this rubbish about not being enough or living in in lack. I think Tony mm. Robbins used to say, "You're living in lack." Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> lack what you need. <laughs> you have everything you need is within you, but um, mm. by accepting yourself unconditionally, you can just let go of it all and breathe. And then the whole point of achieving anything is simply to raise your happiness mm. levels because beating yourself up when things don't work out is not only unhelpful, but it's often the things you call yourself are not true. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, I've always been one of these people who, um, I don't, I'd rather the truth over pretty much anything. Yeah. Because at least I know where I stand. Yeah, 100% clarity. Mm. And speaking of clarity, um, so I'm not sure if you call it a model, but I, for, for lack of a better term, um, your, I guess, three C's, yeah, Consider, clarify, and confront. Can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, sure. Um, so I divided the system up into three things that I that I share with people. Effectively, there's three things I get people to do. Um, cons- the considerations part is came from in the early days when I used to um, I used to share what you know what I did with groups and, and help to impact people. And it's simple. It's really simple, but it's profound. And you're asking people to do something different so I thought a bunch of stuff to add at the beginning would be really useful so that people can get their heads in the right space and if they only pick up two or three maybe four of the things that you're trying to share with them in that space it opens them up a little bit more to Mm. be able to accept how to clarify what's happening so by considerations I start with a bunch of concepts you know everything's a choice you are enough um you know, men are disturbed or people are disturbed, not by things, but by the view which we choose to take of them. Epictetus quote. Yeah. Um, there's a range of them. Also, um, in my longer programs, I talk about strategic versus tactical thinking. So strategic being um, when you want to think about how you're going to act next time, that might be strategic and tactical is what you do in the moment. So that strategic thinking can hopefully influence how you act in the moment. Um Another example of strategic thinking might be a quote. You know, a lot of people love quotes or, or memes even, but think about a quote. How is that going to – what are you going to do with that? What does <laughs> yeah. that mean for you? How can you turn that into tactical behaviour on the ground in the, moment, in the moment? What can you do with that? So there's some ways of thinking that I get people around in the space of, and then I f- typically finish up anything I'm talking about with that by taking them through a thing called cognitive distortions. Now, cognitive distortions – is another great example of psychobabble that psychologists like to use to confuse people. Mm. My cognition is distorted. Goodness me, what does that mean? So I just, it's just unhelpful patterns of thinking and unhelpful ways of thinking, stuff that's not helping what you're doing. And so I go through about 15 of those. There's a lot more, I think, but um, 
they're the ones I tend to centre around and get people to start thinking about what they may have committed, maybe committing on a regular basis or they may have noticed within themselves. Um, what I try to do in that considerations section is not only consider new things, but reflect a little bit on what you're probably doing okay already. Cause, yeah. Because you're yeah. doing stuff that's right. You're not everything – you you can't be completely worthless. It's not possible. Yeah. And um, you, you're going to be doing something right. So just consider that and think through that. And if whether you believe it or not that you are enough and that everything you have is within you, that you need is within you, just start asking yourself, well, how would I act if that was the case? Mm. So that's the first part. We get through to that um, as well as, you know, accepting – the ABC model, accepting you know yourself unconditionally, that's all part of it. Um, and then I take people through to the actual, how do I deal? What are the nuts and bolts of how I deal with emotional upset? So uh, clarification is the first one. It's an ABC model. So over at A, where activators or adversity, or something triggers us. Yeah. And, and all we really understand most of the time is how we respond to that. Mm. And... From that response and how we feel in the consequence is how we tend to judge the activator. So mm. something will happen, often use the example of getting cut off in traffic, but something will happen, we'll feel something and we'll do something. Consequences come in three types, um, thinking, feeling and behaving. However, thinking and feeling are so closely related, it's just easier to say we feel something because that's yeah. usually how it occurs for us. And then uh, we think, you know, feel something, we do something. And often that will be getting angry or and blaming whatever the activator was. But what happens is, in reality, is that you've got these things called rational preferences. You'd be prefer that you, uh, people respect you. You'd prefer that um, your best efforts achieve something close to the results that, they're, that you intended them. And um, you'd also prefer that things go your way. You know, yeah. it doesn't rain when you need it to be sunny <laughs> or, you know, just general environmental things. Um and when those get triggered, what actually occurs, those get triggered and they become an unrealistic or irrational belief that this mustn't happen to me or I mustn't be treated this way. Mm. And that's what leads to... So the activator triggers those preferences, they get um, turned into an irrational belief and then you lash out or you get very emotional, upset and you feel bad and all these sorts of things. So it's understanding that process... And learning how to discover what the belief is. So the beliefs are about three things, self, others or circumstance, nice and easy. And then you've really only got to ask one question. When you're dealing with the consequence, you, okay, when I get triggered by this and you've got to start to get, some people have to do a lot of work to understand, to actually believe, to walk into the water on the concept, so to speak, yeah. that they have been triggered, not that thing has pissed them off. Mm. Okay. Yeah. by even acknowledge that concept that you have been triggered brings you empowers you to a significant degree but then when you when you can acknowledge that and, and then look at how you're feeling and how you're behaving then just say look when I get triggered by this I feel this way or in that moment or whatever specific situation I felt this way I behaved this way and then ask yourself because of what your first few sentences will indicate whether it's a belief about yourself, others or the circumstance, mm. often it'll be more than one. And at that point, it's good to get clear, and hence the clarification section, around which one you want to do first. Okay, yeah. It might be about yourself, you might be beating yourself up, how could I have been so stupid, whatever. Okay, 
we'll work on that one first and then we go through the process of learning to um, confront, which is obviously the third part of the model. And um, by confronting, you there's three simple questions that you can ask. There's actually 32 ways to confront Believe it or not, but um, that's another. That's a whole other module that, in another, another program I run. <laughs> um, just because I like to give people every single thing that I can, I like yeah. to leave nothing left on the table for them, so that they they can make good, rational, sensible choices about things that are going to suit them and um, serve them. But um, the three questions are: um, Is it true? So. How could you piss me off, some idiot? Is it true that they actually pissed you off? Well, you were triggered by something and you responded in a certain way, so possibly not. Um, is it helping? Is another one. Yeah. So, uh, and does it logically follow? Does it logically follow that someone cut me off in traffic? I should follow them for the next two hundred kilometers, get out, chase it down, <laughs> and try and hack my way into their car with a chainsaw. It's crazy they do that, but they do. <laughs> people, people legit do that. Just they drive up to you and yeah. flick the fl- uh, flip the bird and then drive off. I'm like, what a waste of time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or drive, prove to them that you can drive worse than them by driving right up behind them and flashing your high beams <laughs> yeah. or getting in front and slowing down on them. Yeah. We've all wanted to do that. Yeah. I'm not Lo- going to get away from the fact. Horrible, incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a sort of a quick start way of, of confronting by asking those three questions nice and easy. Um, and in the book, I also take people through, I've got handouts to illustrate that that they can actually follow the form along and fill it out themselves and i fill it out for them in the book but they can there's a website people can get handouts and things yeah cool that will become a workbook in time yeah that's cool nice i do um i do love the concept of clarification before confrontation it's been a big thing for me like through my own experience i found that the clarity gives me confidence to act in alignment to my values and um like my, my decisions from there are like enriched with integrity as opposed to, and I think integrity definitely comes from clarification. It does, man. And um, I create a space for accountability, responsibility, and ownership. So I own my shit. Like I, this is me. You know, this is not me. This is like a difference between saying, you made me feel like this. It's like when you did that, I felt like this. I really like the way you put those those three together and accepting responsibility is such a significant thing. Yeah, it's mentioned quite a bit in your book. Yeah, it is. And because most people when they think, they try to avoid responsibility because they think responsibility equals blame. Mm. And they're two ends of a spectrum, very, very different spectrum. Because blames, I mentioned absolutes before, blames an absolute. It's very hard to come back from. Yep. Um, whereas responsibility empowers you. Yeah. yeah, it was my mistake or whatever. Yep. Cool, got it. Yep. Can move on. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's really important. I love it. I love it. So um, you speak in the book and then we get down to chapter eight and there's something about that me it resonates between me and Nixon and the message that we always share on this podcast is all about our values and sticking to your values and finding what those values are and what they mean to you. And then sort of like when you act on or making choices, making decisions, you come back from a value base that you set. And then we sort of like everything or we everything that we're doing is it based off our values is this us being true to ourselves so with your expertise how important is values to you our oh, values are everything yeah the, va- the values are so important and the more it's it's values for me are like a guide to help me to ensure that i'm on track and i'm doing the right thing or that the decisions that i made because i don't get i don't often feel guilty <laughs> i just don't yeah I, I think i divorced myself from guilt as a kid because my parents used a bit of guilt. My father liked to try to use guilt, which is just a reflection of how he was probably brought up. Yep. That was the parenting tool of the day, no doubt. And I got to an age and I thought that that was a horrible way to treat kids. Yeah. And so I decided, well, 
what have I got to feel guilty about? And I've done my best to, to escape that, um, along with shame and a few other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've um, it, it values are really what motivates and guides me in many ways. Um, and I think a lot of society's problems today, and if you read the book Lost Connections, which is an awesome book, why we're, people are depression and anxiety are on the rise one of the things the author in that i can't remember his name uh talks about is how junk values so values about solely about materialism and stuff like that Mm. really can increase your anxiety and and lead to depression because they're not meaningful yeah there's nothing about that that's going to serve others or or any of those sorts of things and it it then starts to get back to the self-esteem craziness of overgeneralizing between yourself and your stuff you know, you've accumulated all this stuff, but for what does it mean in the end? What does it matter? <laughs> yeah, I've seen that a lot, like the working with different businesses. I've seen a lot of, I think that's the difference between some businesses having their values, because it's already in a business plan. What are our values? What are our fundamentals? Mm-hmm. And I found there's a common common denominator of lip service, you know, and it's. I feel like it's not really in alignment to the individual who's creating them. Well, that's part of the problem too. An individual, if you're going to create the values for a business, the people in the business need to have ownership of them and they don't have ownership if they didn't help create them or at least if it hasn't been passed down to them from others who created them to say, if you're going to work here, you're going to be part of this team, you need to buy into this. This is how we operate. We're a family, that kind of, you know. Yeah, which is so vague, it's not funny (laughs) because some families are abusive and disgusting. So Yeah. yeah. Um, But, which reminds me, a really, really good book, uh, audio program initially is a code of honor by a guy called Blessinger, one of my favorite motivational dudes from the US. Yep. He's absolutely incredible. Um, and he does a lot on that and building that. And it's, I think you could probably get more out of that. He's one of Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad's Advisor dudes. And he had a book called The ABCs of Building a Business Team That Wins, which is phenomenal. Uh, it goes into a lot of depth on that. Yeah, cool. Um, you are definitely a leader, it's very apparent. No. It's very kind. <laughs> Which is it's important because I'm very curious to know what makes you, like what are the values that have contributed to the, your success as a leader? Um, well, I prioritise them. I've got a bit of a priority thing that sort of drives them. Um, and that's a common one for people that have been in the military, mission first, team second, individual third, is a really big one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, you know, regardless of what I'm working on. Um if I, if I put the team first, then someone leaves yeah. the team, the mission falls apart. If I put the, myself first, nothing gets done. Um, so if the mission's first, I can help support the team in order to get the mission done. Yeah. So they can that can give off an illusion of putting the team first. But it helps to achieve the mission. And I realise that the world isn't about me, so I don't even pretend that. Yeah. So I, I'm not, not getting my needs met, but I'm ensuring that the team's getting supported to, to achieve that. Yeah, that's good. Um, but the big ones for me are um, self-discipline. Yep. Self-discipline is so much. If every part, you know, so many aspects of every day need to be focused around getting certain things done and disciplining myself to get stuff done. Um, toughness is a big one. Doing what is right, not always what's necessary. Or it's doing what's necessary, sorry, not what, not always what's, what's easy. Yeah. And that's really important. Um, uh, what's the third? There's three, three that I kind of like to focus on. Yeah, um, cool. toughness, self-discipline, um, resolve. Probably is a pretty big one. Seeing things through. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I talk a bit more about it in the book, but uh, that's 
It's just such a big part. Yeah, yeah no, that's cool. There's um, and we're only glazing over these these subjects and stuff. So, you know, definitely get your hand on the book, and we'll, we'll discuss at the end of the episode on how to get that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good that we're like minded like that in regards to that value based because I think um, for mm. just our pers- your personal development, just having a point of reference to check in when you are feeling a little bit lost is kind of cool. Like you come back to your value system to be like, is this fulfilling my value? And then you can either redirect that trajectory to where you need it to be because you're coming back from that system there. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that in many ways now exploring my world in that type of stuff. But I think it's cool. Next thing I wanted to ask, because there was something in the book that was kind of a bit of a, um, it was uh, quite confusing. <laughs> like, Actually, can, before, can I just clarify one thing? Yeah. Um, I've been up since three o'clock okay? yeah. <laughs> with my kids going crazy. Um, the third value is teamwork, toughness, teamwork. Okay, right to yeah, amazing. Because it has to be. We got yeah. the, the coffee yeah, finally kicked in. <laughs> So when you're when you're in the book, you're talking about replacing unhealthy negative emotions with healthy negative ones. Yes. Like, explore that for us, please. This sounds totally off beam, confusing. It you doesn't know what? Sound. That's the weird thing that we love about it because we're yeah. so good. Like, we're so comfortable with challenging the 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 uncomfortable or what we find comfortable. It's um yeah. Please tell us more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so. Unhealthy negative emotions. Most people just want to go, I just want to be positive in the face of unhealthy negative emotions. But those negative emotions aren't being addressed effectively. So, for example, if you've got anxiety and you're in the zone and you're whiting out, as I used to call it, where you just, like you're blanking out, you, you, it's getting too much. Just going, oh, I'll just be positive here. Oh, I can't even think straight. I want to be positive, you know. <laughs> what, what replacing an unhealthy negative emotion with a healthy negative emotion, first of all, it addresses the fact that it's a negative situation and it pays respect to and makes it more manageable. And when you make it more manageable by replacing an unhealthy... So anxiety, the healthy alternative is concern. Yeah. And what you're doing is you're actually lowering... So say anxiety is about 7 to 10 out of 10 for most people. Some people 11 or 12, I've been there. I've been diagnosed with generalised anxiety disorder, so I'm full bottle. Um, what changing that definition down to an unhealthy, or a correction, healthy negative emotion reduces it. It's really hard for concern to be 12 out of 10. It's really, really hard. Mm. So what that then pertains to is how language creates our reality. If you can rein your language in to more tighter, more discipline, self-discipline, if you like, boundaries, you can start to manipulate and, and manage and even govern your emotions. So that if you consider the um, – I, I should have a chart here. Um, if, you can, <laughs> if you consider the circles of control, so it's like a target, the, the, the far furthest outlying target for most people, the biggest circle on that group of circles for most people is – a circle of concern. Some people are so concerned by stuff that does not have an impact in terms of what they can control, it's not funny. Mm. And then you've got your circle of influence for most people and then it comes down to the tiny little tight circle. If you can use language and use practices such as replacing unhealthy negative emotions with healthy negative emotions, you can start to bring those circles down so that all you start to be concerned about in time, it takes a little bit of work, is what you can control. And if you can zero in on being what you can control is what you're concerned by, 
you can be unstoppable. You're still going to have days, emotions are still going to happen, things are still going to hit, but it actually helps to manage and govern your emotions infinitely better. Yeah, I like that. And I think that's too, it sort of happens because you've got a lot of these positive thinkers out there. Mm. That's cool. It's nice to be out there thinking or like projecting that message, sharing that message. But like and the only thing that's going to stop you from positive thinking is not dealing with negative emotions. I'm like, I feel like you have to sort of like get that little bit in between where you need to address some of those things. So you can stay in those highs a little bit more because you know how to control what you, what you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you've got a neutral, like if you can get yourself to a neutral space emotionally to deal with a lot of things on a day-to-day basis because you can remove the negative energy out from it by confronting and challenging yourself and you don't overgeneralize and so you accept yourself unconditionally you also start to accept other people unconditionally even those people that you hate that's fine i talk about a few examples in the book of people i've had to deal with (laughs) over the years even if you accept that they're a fallible worthwhile human being but you don't need to be the one that thinks of that you can accept that somebody else thinks that they're worthwhile that's a start yeah you know their mother must the face only a mother could love um, what about that? But if you, um, if you can start to do that, you can start to address that down and so that you're, you come from a more neutral space and you're more agile, if you like, about how you can go about dealing with those things. Because at the end of the day, if we want to focus on what you can control, there's only, only a few things you can control. What you say, what you feel, what you think and what you do. Four things. That's all the control. You can't control what other people do. Even communist China can't do that. <laughs> North Korea has a, probably a bit, of, a bit of a harder go at it, but not to get political, but that's all you can control. And yeah. if you, all you're concerned about is that, after a while you start to trust yourself more. Yeah, you end up creating a safe space for yourself. Oh, massively. Yeah, dealing with all that type of stuff externally. I think that's, to me, it's one of the biggest, the biggest practices and disciplines that everyone should be doing is at, like at getting amongst and understanding the negative emotions. Oh, yeah. I feel like exploring that will explore a lot about yourself. And at the same time too, yeah, bringing yourself back into that neutral playing field makes you more resilient to the world outside because you can deal a little bit better. And when you talked about the positive thinkers, there's nothing wrong with positive thinking. It's really important. I I consider myself to be an optimist. Mm. And sometimes you need something really useful to help other people to to buy into that because some people sit in that pessimistic space and when you try and explain that to you they look at you with their eyes start to squint and they're like this wise old pessimist right Mm. it served them well they think that it's going well and that that moment i'd like to share with people jocko's jocko willing's good video and then that's the easiest way to flip that because people are like oh my god that's a totally cool way of looking at it and it's it's welcoming adversity as opposed to going see i told you so no no no. it's like good i'm experiencing this what's the lesson out of this yeah that's really important you've got to be able to dabble into a little bit of the language same as you if you go overseas and you go to a foreign country you need to know enough to get your bias so if you want to kind of deliver that message so there's communication of understanding yeah, you need yeah. to be able to dip your toe every little bit every yeah. little bit is really important one of the most i've got a number of really crazy moments uh, in 2012 when i was in afghanistan i got tasked no i'm not going to tell you a story about that i won the war because i didn't <laughs> I got tasked with some pretty cool stuff to do. Um, I was a radio operator and I got asked to um, train the partnering force who are Indigenous Pashtuns in high frequency or HF radios. And I'd done a lot of speaking. I was already, you know, this is only eight years ago for me or 10 years ago for me. So I'd already very much along the path of who I am today. And so I'd done a lot of training. I'd done a lot of communication stuff. And one of the things that one of the interpreters said to me, because I learned as much, like you're saying, I learned as much of the local language as I could, as difficult as it was, one of the interpreters said to me, the way that you shape the language 
the words that you give us to interpret for them make it really easy for us to interpret, but don't compromise. You hold them in a very high um, level of respect, and that comes across. It doesn't make it's not so simple that it makes them look stupid or make them feel that you think they're stupid. And that was amazing. I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> Give yourself a pat on the back, mate. Yeah, it was really nice. It was really humbling. So um, that kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, cool. So um, my next point, because I love your, I love just the way you do things, where how you sort of be a little bit more, you're very upfront <laughs> with the yeah. way you do the work, which is kind of cool because I, I resonate with the same thing. I think it's sort of like you can get it done pretty quickly if you immerse yourself fully into it all and be vulnerable enough to actually like get the work done. The next thing that you um, I want to bring up is what is the shame attack exercise? I'm glad you asked. Um, when going through a process to reshape things for yourself, um, there are some things you can do where you can immerse yourself in something relevant to that with respect to unhealthy negative emotions. So shame being unhealthy negative emotion, a great way to confront that is to do something that would embarrass you normally. And it can be really quite liberating. It helps if you've learnt the whole consider, clarify, and confront, and then you go, okay, I'm now going to confront shame for myself. And you can go and do something silly. I think in my course that I that I have, my program, I skipped up and down. I got my wife to film me skipping up and down the high street at Penrith singing. <laughs> I'm not much of a singer. Um, what was the number? Oh, it was just la, 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 just, <laughs> just being silly. but um, And that it's incredibly liberating. There's a number of things you can do. You can look up shame attack exercise on the internet. It'll tell you heaps of stuff. You know, take a banana for a walk or, you know, lie down in the middle of a public space with a bag over your head screaming. I mean, do anything you want. Um, but it's probably a good idea to pick something that if somebody you work with sees you do it, you won't lose your job. Yeah, yeah. Um, something that doesn't... <laughs> little disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, something that doesn't injure or negatively impact someone else. Um, but it's just great because it helps you to loosen up. Um, mm. it, it really feels quite liberating to do, but it kind of helps to have done some of the work. It's, it's more of one of those things you move towards once you've done everything else. Yeah. I reckon yeah. we should just throw that challenge out there. <laughs> you heard you, yeah, the shame attack exercise. Just get out there and just do something stupid. So <laughs> I'm just going to, everyone just, Make sure just it's down part. High Street, skipping and singing. I want to see nice. so many bodies. You could, you could get on the train and read a children's book out loud yep. to people. <laughs> I actually yeah. like those books. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I or the bus because people can't get away. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I've got uh, a couple of embarrassing things I could do that are just not okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, your awareness and commitment to mastery is very, very prevalent. It's like in the beginning of your journey, you mentioned it just in the introduction. Um, and there's a quote in the book is, I needed more life experience to become the speaker and mentor that I wanted to be. What is your belief in the importance of mastery? Because this is something that me, Charlie and I definitely like. It's part of our value system as well. Yeah, very much. Um, I, it's just so important. Like you've, yeah. you've got to be prepared to do the work because otherwise if you can't respect yourself, there's going to be something gnawing. I don't, like I said, I, the conscience thing and all that. <laughs> I, I'm not a psychopath, okay? But, I, <laughs> um, but to, in order to... To be, you know, 100%. Like, for example, um, the people I have learnt from about my program, for example, that I run, 10-module online program, the people that I learnt from about the importance of doing that for your offering and how you can help people were saying, just come up with one module and sell the whole thing based on that. And I was like, no, 
I'm going to create the whole thing, then I'm going to be able to sell it because at least I can believe in what I've created, not hoping that what I'm going to create. Um, same thing. Uh, Realised I wasn't getting the results that I needed and it's the same thing with the book. Some of the things with the book I was told, just get it out. So write it and just get it out. I was even told, which I did do, but I was never intending to put it out like that, was to get take all of the videos, transcribe, have them transcribed, which is a lot of computer services will do online things for free or very cheap, um, and then have that transcribed, put it into a Word doc, and that's your book. I was like, no, that's not going to work. So I wrote it from that, um, but then I was just trying to put it out, and I'd had one proofread, done a little bit of spell checking, and things weren't working. Mm. This seems to be a guide in my life, so when things don't work. So, pardon me, I had it ready to go. I was going to produce it. Um, I was to, re- to meet with a marketing guy who was going to help me with a business. He's got a business called The Bestseller Method, a guy called Rory Carruthers. You can become a bestseller just by following the course and taking the steps. Uh, he couldn't make it for some reason. He was sick. Um, the These designers, as I mentioned, I've got two designers tried to rip me off in a row. I went, something's got to change here. So I went, okay, what have other people been telling me or trying to advise me to do? Get the grammar right. So I went and got Grammarly. My God. I don't know if you've ever used yeah, Grammarly. I used it. Yeah. I had like 900. They had 900 <laughs> suggestions. I implemented 700 of them. But before that, I went to Word and did a Word doc grammar and spelling check and just did the hard yards to push through all that. It took me a little while. But once that had been done, and then I found the, I went to the right designer and went right back to basics. Then all of a sudden, hey, that same week, the worry, the the bestseller guy, he was available all of a sudden and all these things started to flow and everything opened up. Mm. I got two, I had two, the the first designer was so bad, I had two proof copies sent to me and there was so much stuff wrong, it wasn't funny. Yeah. So I had to go back and redo it and that's, that's what, that's one of the biggest life lessons. If you're going to get to what you would consider mastery and I don't use that term a lot Mm. but you've got to do it. It's like, I couldn't, I couldn't be the speaker I wanted to be unless I had done the things that I wanted to do and couldn't advise and mentor people at all levels of life, unless I'd gone and done something that I could respect. Yeah, definitely. And uh, the world was getting away with itself in the, in the early 2000s and we were in Afghanistan and I thought, well, based on what I'd done as a reservist, that might set me up and threw my hat into the ring and hey presto, here I am. So yeah, um, that really gave me some incredible experiences and thankfully on my second deployment, which was another one of those examples where – I wasn't finished and I had the opportunity to go back and I thought if I go back, maybe I'll have a better experience than the first time around, which was in many ways, you could consider that pretty devastating. Um, I came back, had an amazing, life-changing. It's one of the few times in my career I've said, you can shoot me now, I'll be die happy. Yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> well, not cool in a different way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of nice, but not, please yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah, not exactly. Yet, not yet, Craig. We're not done with you, brother. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> no, I think I've got – I think uh, – You've still got a deal. The world's got a lot left to, to drag out of me. Yeah, you got a few <laughs> innings in you. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just so much juice. So much juice. Um, Charlie, did you have any questions? No, I think I asked all my good stuff. Like, just yeah. I just like the aggressive stuff. Not aggressive. Let's change the <laughs> word. Up front. We're going we're gonna to expand our lexicon on that one. Yeah. Our, our up, the up front uh, methods and practices and just the exercises. And I think it's a really good book and it's definitely a good book for um, people to start type, diving in and trying to ask themselves the questions and then even the little structure of how to navigate through the whole the whole process of, all, of it all. And then even the just the, the stress of importance through the whole book of why – 
the work is so important to like reclaim your power. Like we're big. That's a big message for us. Like to empower people to reclaim their power because I think, like I said, like all these things that we know and learn as we're growing up, we eventually lose our identity. You know what I mean? We actually forget what our values are and what what our truths are and how we actually want to live our final days like. So this book is a great way to sort of just dive into that, open that back up, and getting you curious again. Yeah, question those things. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I love that so I, I respect you for that so appreciate that and appreciate you for coming on as well yeah, yeah my pleasure now um, the good people the good listeners um, would definitely resonate with your message so you've got many tools in your in your tool, book, tool belt that you're developing and you've developed um, what are they and how can people get in, in contact with you okay um, well there's the book um that's uh, you can get that on Amazon. Yep. You can get it anywhere. I advise though, if you want to get a sign, I'm doing signed copies. If people would like at a at a significant discount. Yeah. Uh, if people would like to get in touch with me um, via info at changeseminars.com, um, I've got the URL for the book. It's a really simple one. It's just reclaimyourbook.com. Yeah. Um, I've got a Facebook group that you can join for free. The Men's Mental Health Transformation. Um, that's easy just answer a couple of questions or, or don't yeah <laughs> um, and also uh, help me reclaim my power.com is a automated webinar with over two hours of free training in it and people can take away from that what they they want um, and that's yeah there's a number of ways to, to get in touch yeah. and work with me and we'll put links um, in the the copy of, of this episode and uh, but we look, we're so grateful for not only the the space that you've created for our in our minds, but also for the space that you continue to create in others. So it's um it's truly like this the value of servitude that you have and the commitment to that is uh, commendable. So you're a beautiful human man, and I really appreciate you. Thanks, brother. We we'll have to hug that out. <laughs> we will, we will, we will. But um, off air hugs. <laughs> un- until then. Is there any passing words, comments, or inspo? Uh, there's always something. Um, look, at the end of the day, nobody can, um, you know, nobody can own you. Nobody can can take that away, take your essence away from you, unless you let them. Mm. Unless you give that over to them. Blaming others for things like that, whilst it feels like it empowers you, it it doesn't. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of lies that we have that we tell ourselves. Facing up to those and doing so in a way that enables you or empowers you in a different different space to give back to yourself is what's i think is important so um as they said in the at the very last quote in the book is um i used to be a skateboarder yeah <laughs> and i quote the band the descendants yeah and i looked up one day and saw that it was up to me you can only be a victim if you admit defeat mm. and there's a lot of people doing that and not even realizing it hundred percent. Let's just let that. Let's just let that sit. Yeah. Ah, yeah. All right. Well, I another yeah. upfront one. <laughs> <laughs> with, that, um, with that mic drop, we're going to love you and leave you. And thank you very much for listening in. All right. See you guys. Thanks see you guys. Everyone. Love you.